Welcome back to the Society Case Files podcast. My name is Robert Hazelton, and I'll be your host. Today I plan on talking about Star Wars pretty much exclusively throughout this entire podcast. I got a lot to say, so I'm just going to dive right in. So with the release of Rise of Skywalker, we have a lot of talk going on about Star Wars. One of the things that I thought immediately upon seeing the film myself and listening to some of the reviews was that people who loved The Last Jedi probably weren't going to like Rise of Skywalker and vice versa. If you liked Rise of Skywalker, you're probably one of the folks who didn't like The Last Jedi. And then there are the people who are more moderate, who liked all of the movies regardless of what happened in them and aren't overly impassioned towards what goes on in the movies enough to to get bent out of shape. And some of the things I'm talking about are like in The Last Jedi, a lot of people got very upset about the idea of the spaceship being used as a torpedo with light speed, jumping into hyperspace through the First Order Star Destroyer and blowing it up. That that bothered people, and I, and I completely understand. Um, that's just one of many things that bothered me about that particular movie. So the first thing I really wanted to do is kind of talk about all nine of the core movies and I'll touch on those other two that came out as well. But first, I want to start with the original trilogy that we got from George Lucas that basically started all this. Talk about the prequels a little bit and then speak to the newer movies that came out after Disney acquired Lucasfilm and and all of their properties. So recently, when I posted that I liked Rise of Skywalker, someone on my Facebook asked me to rank uh, it amongst the nine movies. And when I did that, I needed to kind of focus on how I felt about them all. And then I had to put them in an overall order. So just calling them out, the order of appreciation for me is a new hope, empire strikes back, revenge of the Sith, return of the Jedi, attack of the clones, phantom menace, rise of Skywalker, the Force Awakens, and The Last Jedi. So that's how I rank them all, all nine movies together. Um, and let's just talk a little bit about why. A New Hope is just a straight classic movie. It has pretty much everything you need for a good Star Wars start. I think that it introduced the world very well. It gave us a hint of some of the things that we came to really enjoy later on. And it's just a very watchable movie. I could watch that movie pretty much at any time. It can go on in the background while I'm doing other things. I can actually find myself engrossed enough to just sit and watch it. I know that a lot of people are unhappy with what happened in the special edition version. You know, the whole Han shot first thing. Or even some of the additional special effects that were added here and there. I'm not as bent out of shape over those. As far as I'm concerned, the plot points stay relatively the same. And for the most part, I just, I've always liked A New Hope. And so that's why it's really at the number one of my list. It's its a movie that I don't ever feel like I need to fast forward through a part. And if I was going to, it would probably be when the droids are on Tatooine. It gets a little bit stale watching them wander around until action starts. And that's only because I've probably seen the film 150 times, maybe more. Um, so for me, A New Hope is definitely the the starting point and it always is going to be the number one film especially in this nine film saga uh empire strikes back i gotta be honest 
it's not that I love that movie more than the others. It's just that I like how it is laid out and I like the characters more than some of the others. And I like how they build those people up. I like the introduction of Lando. I like watching them fleeing the Empire in the Millennium Falcon and having to fight with it to keep it going. Um, it's just it's just fun. The introduction of Yoda, of course, is great. Uh, I don't know. It's 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 hard not to love Empire Strikes Back, and I know that a lot of people rank this as one of their favorite Star Wars movies. It's also pretty dark. It has a very bleak ending in in some ways, but I I don't know. I feel like it's it's somewhat hopeful when Luke and and the others are talking about going to find Han and and do whatever else they need to do. So, Empire Strikes Back makes number two for a lot of reasons. Um, as a quick aside, I remember an interview with George Lucas a long time ago. Obviously, he had no idea that Star Wars was going to be this huge phenomenon. So when it was and people are like, what's what's next? And I, I'll just never forget the, the him sitting on this chair and he's talking about the film and he says, you know, obviously the Empire is still there. Darth Vader is still out there. There's a lot more to explore. But there was an underlying subtext to what he was saying of, I have no clue what I'm going to do next. Now, I think he brilliantly pulled off Empire Strikes Back. Maybe that was luck, because if you look at some of the other things that came before, like the prequels and that sort of thing, you can kind of tell that this is not his his standard. Star Wars, A New Hope, and Empire Strikes Back are not technically the standards of George Lucas they are more the outliers to the whole series. And that becomes very apparent when we'll talk about Return of the Jedi in a moment. But those two films are just action-adventure movies that are set in space with an incredibly dense mythos, or at least the promise of one, because obviously he didn't create a genre Bible for it before he started working on it, because there's too many contradictions here and there. So, in any event, the third movie on my list is actually Revenge of the Sith. So, we go back to the prequels for me. And the reason for that is is that I love the beginning of the movie. I love seeing Anakin Skywalker be the badass pilot he was described as in A New Hope. I love watching the friendship between him and Obi-Wan throughout the the first saving the uh, Palpatine scenes. Those are awesome. I also like watching the moment when Anakin does display some serious dark side by attacking and killing uh, Dooku. Uh, That was pretty intense. Now, it does slow down for me, and I do have a real hard time with the whole Obi-Wan fighting General Grievous. That stuff really didn't do it for me very much, but it's a very minor part of the movie compared to the rest of what happens in it, and I really enjoy... Um, all the rest of the film, especially the end when Obi-Wan and Anakin fight together. Um, That fight choreography, it took them several months. They really focused on it, and I think it's one of the best fight scenes in all of Star Wars. It just has so much raw passion, and they just did such a great job with it. It's a lot of fun. So I know that there's plenty of problems with that movie, so uh, I I could definitely pick it apart. That is not hard to do at all. But the, the, the parts that I really liked were very impassioning for me. Uh, the fourth movie on my list is actually Return of the Jedi. And I'm going to say that this is where we start to get into... I don't necessarily care about the movies from this point on as much. They aren't 
something that I'm like uh, as 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 in love with as I was with the movies that we just described. So in other words, the three movies that I've already talked about are films that I wouldn't mind just throwing on and watching at any time. Now, from what I'm about to talk about on, I, I, I wouldn't necessarily turn off the TV if they were on, but um, they, they aren't something that I would necessarily seek out. And part of the reason for that with Return of the Jedi being my fourth movie is that the first 30 minutes or so when they're rescuing Han are great. They're really fun. And I, and I love that sequence of events. Once they get to Endor, it kind of loses me. Uh, it's not that I don't care about the Ewoks so much. It's not that. It's that it just starts to get a little ridiculous. Um, the, the fight with Vader and Luke on the, on the new Death Star, that's fun. And I also enjoy the, the fighter sequence. That's pretty cool. But there's just, there's just too much about it that I just didn't care about. I think that a lot of people found that Return of the Jedi was a turning point for when the movies were going to change dramatically. Introducing the Ewoks really was an interesting decision because A New Hope doesn't really have anything like that. The Jawas aren't snug. They're a bunch of scavenging jerks who basically steal the droids and, and sell them as slaves. And Chewbacca's not cuddly. He's just furry. And you don't really have anything cuddly in Empire Strikes Back either. There's nothing like that at all. In fact, it's a very straightforward, dark film that has a lot of action in it. So when we introduce a bunch of teddy bears that use spears and rocks and are capable of taking out stormtroopers, diehard fans of the first two films are like, what happened here? What are we doing? And when we get to The Phantom Menace, that's a point when people are like, well... Empire Strikes Back had those Ewoks and he had to listen to people who said that was really ridiculous and silly and you got to go off and make your two spin-off films the the two Ewok uh, movies with Wicket and and the little children so maybe we should not do that again but instead he he did so we'll we'll talk about that in a moment because my fifth movie on the list is Attack of the Clones and I really liked Attack of the Clones for a lot of stuff, but some of it I, I just I can tear apart way too easily. First off, George Lucas can't write a love story. And if I was supposed to be convinced that Anakin and Padme were going to fall for each other with that age difference and his immaturity, especially even as a, as a Jedi, he's even more immature than he was as a child, we needed a lot more time. And I'm not going to go and read a bunch of novels to get that context. I mean, these are movies first, not a book series turned into movies. Um, that's one problem. The other thing is that I never really understood who made the clones in the first place. Who put in the order and who was expected to come get them? Uh, I think that maybe he was planning on having it be the Emperor with an alias. But apparently, according to some lore video a friend of mine watched... That's not true. It was just some rogue, random Jedi dude who did it because he thought they needed an army. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. That part always bothered me, and it just it just didn't make a lot of sense. The uh, opening sequence in Coruscant is fun, but it's also a little ridiculous. Um, the I don't know. All around Attack of the Clones. I understand why people think it's kind of a train wreck. The big battle at the end is kind of neat, but 
you know, the very first time I saw it, I really enjoyed that part. But for the most part, I think that Attack of the Clones deserves probably to be lower, except for the other movies <laughs> are are shockingly worse, in my opinion. Um, and that's, that's not a big surprise. Um, Hayden Christian, I don't think he did a bad job. I think that he was directed poorly, like everybody else, because Ewan McGregor is a much better actor than you see in these Star Wars movies. But with the kind of direction he receives from George Lucas, it's no... It's no big surprise that he would even come out wooden. But, you know, I'm going to be fair to all of the Jedi characters. I mean, they're supposed to be these stoic samurai warrior guys who don't really socialize with normal people. So, for me, I'm not going to get bent out of shape that the characters are not portrayed with tons of personality. Now, granted, in the video games, they always have tons, but, but these are the movies. So, let's not worry about that right now. So, my sixth movie on the list is The Phantom Menace. Now, this movie is often reviled, and I get it because of the there's two key points that are really obnoxious. The first time I viewed it, those two things didn't even register. I was just so excited to see a couple of Jedis doing Jedi things that I didn't care about all of the annoying aspects of The Phantom Menace. I didn't care about the kid or Jar Jar Binks. In fact, for whatever reason... Seeing Jar Jar Binks and hearing him talk, I just, I just thought, well, this is this is a Star Wars movie. So I, I don't know why I passed it in the first time. He, he annoyed me, but I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't like this is the worst movie ever because of him. The child did annoy me. He was just terrible. I, I couldn't handle him. In fact, while I was watching the movie the second time in the theater, because the first time I went and saw it with friends, second time I went and saw it with my dad. I really wished I could fast forward through the sequences with him. And I really despised pod racing. It just was not exciting to me at all. I just, I didn't care. And, you know, him hopping in a fighter and flying around, uh, I don't even want to get into that more than I already have. It was just so ridiculous. The fight scene with the Gungans was silly. Uh, the, the parts that I really loved were when the Jedis were doing Jedi things, when they rescued Padme, that was awesome. When they fought Darth Maul, awesome. Everything else, not awesome. It was just... I, I, I gotta be honest. The Phantom Menace is kind of a train wreck. Much as I could watch it and enjoy those parts, I would be fast-forwarding through large sections of the film. And that's sort of how I gauged all of these, by the way. How much fast-forwarding am I going to do? That's where it ends up on the list. So, after The Phantom Menace... And I can't speak too much to the next one without spoilers. So I'm just going to say that number seven on my list is Rise of Skywalker. I, I actually really liked a lot of what they did. There is plenty of ridiculous nonsense in this film, however. And once it's been out a little longer, I'll do a follow-up podcast and I'll speak more conclusively about what I thought of Rise of Skywalker. But there is plenty that made it to where... It probably should have been crapped on, but there's enough that they did right that I still had fun watching the movie. And so in, in full transparency, I went in there thinking it was going to be a train wreck. So much so that I had planned to go and have lunch 40 minutes after it started. I was thinking I'll probably end up walking out of this movie because it's it's going to be terrible. And then I ended up watching the whole thing and, and getting emotionally invested and had a great time. 
So Rise of Skywalker, number seven on the list. And you'll notice that the new movies are in my bottom three. The Force Awakens is number eight. And for me, the reason that is, is that a lot of people say it's a lot like New Hope, but I don't agree. I think it's just trashy. I think there's just too much stupid going on. And that's why I, I, I've, I've watched it twice. I saw it once with a friend at a, at a very late showing so that we wouldn't get any spoilers. And then I saw it pretty much the next day with, uh, with some family members. Um, things that just drove me nuts. Uh, the planet weapon. I just don't even get who thought that was a good idea. And I mean, it had two shots, basically, before the planet was destroyed. It seemed like a big waste of time. Uh, the fact that their first shot destroyed the entire fleet of the Republic made no sense. Um, and, you know, who really liked Kylo Ren's emo ass in that movie? I mean, he was not menacing. He was not a villain. He was not nearly as scary as any villain that we've seen in the series up to that point. Uh, General Hux or whatever, he, he certainly wasn't scary either. So all around, it just there was no dread. There's no fear. There's just cheesy monster effect weapons that make no sense and a lot of destruction that also makes no sense just for the sake of setting up a new resistance I guess so I didn't like The Force Awakens I didn't like it the first time I saw it I didn't like it the second time I thought there was too much cheap stuff going on and the fact that they saved Luke the way they did for the very end I mean I think he got paid more for that little cameo than than some of the people who had to be in the whole movie got paid so Anyway, Force Awakens, number eight. Number nine, <laughs> The Last Jedi. I think I've mentioned in a previous podcast how much I despise The Last Jedi. There are so many things about that movie that I just hated. And I disliked it so much that I almost didn't even go see The Rise of Skywalker. Because I figured, you know, if that's the direction they're going, with the way they're going to write this stuff, then I'm just done. Um... Probably my biggest problems with The Last Jedi come down to decisions in storytelling. Uh, the Resistance has so few people, and they, they risk them in absolutely ridiculous waves. Uh, they're just desperate to take out that uh, Super Star Destroyer, so they use their bombs, which fall in zero-G. That's great. And that fails, and then they just decide to run, and suddenly they've got this fuel problem... And yet, despite having a fuel problem, they concoct this insane plan to send people away from the ship to go and find a hacker so they can get onto the main bad guy ship and break in. I mean, it was so elaborate. It just, who would think that was going to work? And then they allow themselves to slowly be whittled down before one of them says, hey, I've got this great idea. Why don't we put everybody on shuttles and I'll just hyperspace through the bad guys? It's like, why didn't you think of that right off the bat? When it was super clear that you were not going to survive anyway because you were going to send them off to this one little planet, why not just say evacuate right now and just make it happen if that was a if that was an option? And the reason that none of us would have thought of that is because we have heard time and again that that's just not how hyperspace works in this in this setting. And so when they finally did it, I was like, wait, what? Really? And by the time they finished, there was like a handful of people left. They went from having a pretty reasonable sized force to enough people that could fit on the freaking Millennium Falcon 
comfortably. Now, when we get to the Rise of Skywalker, they have rebuilt a little bit. That's not really a spoiler per se, but in The Last Jedi, it looked like stuff was done. Like, they were done. And, I don't know, they ill-used Luke as well. You've probably already read all of the complaints I've made about The Last Jedi. Uh, Ultimately, it just... It just didn't work for me as a Star Wars film. It's not that I wanted to see anything specific from characters other than maybe some consistency, maybe some intelligence that would have meant for them to get into the positions they were in. The way that Poe was treated by the Admiral Lady was just ridiculous. I mean, just tell him your plan so that he isn't running around the ship trying to do things behind your back. Or confine him if you think he is somebody that you need to actually put into prison to prevent screwing up your plan that made no sense anyway. And and I think she didn't want to say it because we were breeding a false sense of tension in the writing. And that's that's really where that movie falls apart is that everything that happens is supposed to be surprising. So the character's like, I can't tell you. And so that makes no sense. And I, did, I just, again, I didn't like it. All of this comes down to the fact that we play Star Wars in a very strange position Because for some reason, we think they should all be absolutely amazing. And that doesn't make any sense. Because really, Star Wars has always just been spectacle. Lucas was flying by the seat of his pants when he was making the movies. And even think about A New Hope and really analyze what happens in that movie. It's mainly about, it's a very simple story. But what really captivated us is that we finally saw starships fly in a, in a, in a World War II way, it wasn't it wasn't based on anything real. It was just spaceships, and it was a very much a science fantasy movie. And that's different. You know, we didn't really have anything to that scope at that point. Big explosions, blasters, light swords, all kinds of crazy stuff happening that we hadn't seen yet. But ultimately, spectacle. Uh, we've seen the same kind of story plenty of times. Uh, in in historical dramas and otherwise he was inspired by those things and even with Empire Strikes Back it's just an adventure movie it's not like we're seeing something that is on some grand scale cinematic genius or storytelling genius it's fun and it's a lot of entertaining stuff happening and it becomes valuable and meaningful to us because number one we have a lot of nostalgia for it. I mean, we were, many of us grew up with these Star Wars movies. And those of us who are old enough introduced them to our children too, so that they could grow up with it. And then add to that that we had toys to keep us company. We had specials. We had cartoons. We have books. Everything you can think of to flesh out this universe and make it huge. So now, after we've expanded upon it, with all of this additional material and some people love the the Admiral Thrawn trilogy and other people like the uh, Yuuzhan Vong guys and, and that kind of thing uh, you know Disney acquires it and so we think great now we're going to get a whole bunch of new movies uh, that are going to explore other parts of the universe and maybe they won't be as bad as the prequels because people really harp on those things despite the fact that they made a lot of money And despite the fact that a lot of people saw them many, many times in the theater, they still kind of get canned hard by folks. And, you know, I I get it. I get why. Because there was an expectation. So think about this. When we were watching A New Hope as children, our expectations were, 
I'm not going to get bored through watching this. And that's pretty much the extent of Our Young Minds. But by the time he came out with the prequels, we were adults. And now we have expectations that go beyond just, I don't want to be bored. Now I need a little bit of substance. But the movies were pretty much the same style of movie that we got before. Now granted, he added cuter stuff right off the bat. Or at least he thought that it was cute, I guess. You know, Jar Jar Binks, the Gungans, that kind of thing. Um, and right there we are looking at something where we have to... We have to temper our expectations, but we didn't do that at all, and therefore we ended up not liking those movies. So when Disney bought it, and I think that they really felt like they had it in the bag, that they were going to be able to create things that people loved. But if you really think about Disney movies in general, there are very few that are challenging per se. They don't really make you think too much. They, they stay within a set confine to entertain, but not really push your, your buttons. They can get emotional, not, not going to lie about that, but it's not like they, they go too far astray. Last Jedi being an exception in some regards, because he kind of went crazy. But the Disney films themselves are pretty sterile, comparatively, and they, and they stick very, they, they play by the numbers, in in uh, Force Awakens, Last Jedi, and uh, The Rise of Skywalker. Now, in The Last Jedi, he did have some fun with things like Luke tossing the lightsaber and saying that Rey's family was nobody and that kind of stuff, just to, almost for shock value more than anything. And um, in some ways, he was trying to be uh, unique and different, going down a different path for Star Wars. But that's not really what Disney does well. Disney does emotional but not challenging, sterilized entertainment for the most part. Another problem that Star Wars really suffers from is addiction to scope and setting. In this vast universe that they have set out with a thousand generations of Jedi and all this other stuff, we always find ourselves coming back to the era of the Empire. We always find that somehow it links up to the Skywalker saga, and that is a dramatic problem. Because we are inundated with that time frame. It's like we're cramming more events here and there, sprinkling them in and hoping that they somehow mesh without finding continuity problems. Lucas suffered from this by making the prequels. Uh, the three new Star Wars movies fall into the same trap of having to pursue Skywalker stuff. The video games, many of them fall into the to the era somewhere. You know, think back to uh, Dark Forces, uh, where in that Kyle Katarn is basically going to steal the Death Star plans. And in um, the new game, Jedi Fallen Order, it takes place uh, after Revenge of the Sith. But, you know, there's problems with that. For example, in Jedi Fallen Order, the biggest problem is that... We know what's going to happen to that guy. We know that a Jedi didn't just show up in A New Hope and start helping people. He didn't show up at the Battle of Yavin or the Battle of Endor. He didn't do any of those things. So we know that him and his mentor, his whole crew, at some point are just going to be gone. And the same is true of things like Rebels. It's a fun show to watch, but we know that those two Jedis aren't going to be showing up later. At some point, they're going to have to be either killed or or they just disappear and they choose not to help. 
that's one of the problems of doing prequels all the time or trying to mesh these stories in and cram them into specific places. I love the movie Rogue One. It's a great, great movie. But the events in that movie happening before A New Hope once again limit it. Now, we kind of all knew going in that everyone was going to die because none of those characters ever show up again, for one. But for two, they were sort of on a suicide mission. I was okay with that. I thought it was really a cool and daring move to make a war movie in the Star Wars universe. I'd say that Rogue One is actually one of my favorite Star Wars movies of all time. I have no problem watching that at any time. But even that has a prequel coming out where we're going to follow the story of Cassian and learn more about him. And while I'm all for it because I really liked that character, it once again has the ending already spelled out for it. We already know what's going to happen to Cassian at the end. So we're just sort of filling in some blanks and learning more about a character that has a conclusion. It's it's sort of like reading the end of a mystery novel and then going back to see how we got there. I don't necessarily need that. And I wish that the people who make Star Wars would be a little more daring with their setting. Uh, I've talked about the game Star Wars The Old Republic, the MMO, before. And the Knights of the Old Republic 1 and 2 are both excellent examples of how to divorce yourself from the primary setting that everyone knows and do something different. Those first two games are great. The Old Republic itself has eight storylines that explore a different avenue of the events going on in that era. So you can see it from the Imperial side, you can see it from like a criminal character like the the bounty hunter or the smuggler you can see it from an imperial agent point of view a jedi it's it's really neat and they did a great job in the vanilla version of that game because after after that we kind of knew that the expansions wouldn't be nearly as encompassing but those three chapters for each of those characters is just it's just awesome and i highly recommend it to anyone who hasn't tried it already because it is the best storytelling and these days now you don't even have to do the side quests you can just stick to the main story and actually get through it and level fast enough to experience all of those things Um, so i recommend them highly because that is what you can do when you have this vast setting before you thousands of years of 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 prehistory there are books that have explored some of the crazy stuff that came before and even talk about how jedis came to be and we have those to look at but instead every time the movies come out they just focus on the 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 empire and that whole time frame it it usually is going to fall between uh revenge of the sith and maybe just after a new hope I think that they finally did something good with the game Jedi Academy, where it takes place after Return of the Jedi, and Luke is building the Academy up and and teaching people how to be Jedis. That was super neat. Uh, At least they took a chance there. But in that case, we still had the Imperial Remnant to deal with. So, you know, still still blasting stormtroopers and all that kind of crazy stuff. I really do feel that if they could just take a step back from that one era and really move on even the mandalorian falls into the trap of being after return of the jedi and so there's still imperial characters running around even though they're mostly defeated it's it's like they are terrified 
of moving to a different time frame. So the game Jedi Fallen Order follows a new character. He's a he's a Padawan who escaped the purge and has been living under the radar. And it's a pretty fun game for the most part. But what I really wish they would have done, instead of following a character that once again is dealing with the Empire, considering the focus of gameplay is mostly in navigating terrain, Tomb Raider style, jumping around, crawling on cliffs, overcoming obstacles with the Force, they really needed to make this happen long before A New Hope, long before the Jedi fell, and just make your character an explorer who was looking for Jedi relics and allowed you to really explore the universe that they wanted to to present to you and bring up a whole bunch of completely unknown worlds and maybe some underworld cities and occasionally have side quests where your character adjudicated problems for people. That would have been unique and fun. They could have kept the same gameplay. You know, they could have still had lightsaber paddles because there's bad Jedi out there, or Sith in this case, and you would still have some really neat fights and boss battles and all the crazy stuff there. And maybe there is a overarching storyline where they had to deal with a rogue Jedi master or a Sith who's trying to get some artifact and you're trying to get it ahead of time. I mean, they ripped off Tomb Raider so much that I'm shocked they didn't get sued anyway. So why not go all the way and and make it a Tomb Raider style plot instead of the tired old, my mentor used to be a Jedi, but she had to step down because she screwed over her apprentice who turned into an evil maniac who is going around doing terrible things. It's just done. I mean, that is the number one criticism I've read about the game is that the story itself has been done to death. So I really wish that they could have just had the courage to make something new, set it in a totally different time frame, and stopped trying to bank on the freaking Empire. I think that as far as villains go, they are fine, but there are plenty of other ones. We have seen them in the Old Republic game. There's gangsters, there is raiders, there's horrible pirates there's plenty of options there's one enemy in the old republic that's basically these crazy uh car guys that take over an entire section of coruscant and they act as the the law there without asking and and they're villains that, that was great you know there's plenty of choices it's an infinite universe that is unburdened by physics or reality even so just use it use that tool but no we'll just keep using the same thing that we do over and over and over again and ultimately i think that is what star wars comes down to it suffers from repeated history so much it's kind of like thinking back to 80s action movies we we get a sequel and it would just be more of the same it would be Uh, revisited jokes and revisited scenarios and even revisited scenes that were only slightly tweaked almost as if they just were making the same movie again with enough of it being the same so that we could just watch it again so like for an example maybe we loved Die Hard so we watched Die Hard like 600 times they make another a sequel that is so close to the original that we can now watch that one 600 times. It's it's like trying to surprise us a little bit or just change things up. And maybe that was the mentality when they did it, or maybe they were just being safe. And perhaps it's time to not be as safe. The Last Jedi was not safe. I didn't like it. That's not to say that they didn't do a good job 
of making things completely crazy and trying to go off the beaten path. Once they did, they got beaten in the head with a stick and driven back to make another movie that, as many people have said in reviews, is sort of an answer to that and trying to fix it. Had they stuck to the rules established by the first seven films, I think they could have experimented with story and character, but there needed to be consistency with the way the characters acted, and they couldn't show us a character that we grew up with being a jerk when we had no off-camera time to see that happen. And a quick story about how he almost killed his nephew isn't enough for us to accept a character's dramatic change. That's actually one of the problems I have with the uh, Captain Marvel movie, is that we didn't have enough time with Carol to appreciate her change to the uh, superhero version of herself. And so without history, we have no context, and therefore we can't really appreciate why they are different. Now, I know that they were trying to be tricksy in Captain Marvel and somehow make us think that she was a Kree, but we know she isn't because we know comics well enough to say that she's definitely human. More importantly, the only people who might not know that Carol Danvers was human are people who don't care enough <laughs> for, for, for the surprise. So we really needed about 10, maybe 15 minutes, maybe even a half an hour of Captain Marvel seeing her with her friend and being an Air Force pilot before the spaceship gets blown up and she wakes up and finds herself in the Kree Empire. It, it worked great for Captain America, where we see Steve prior to taking the super soldier serum. It worked fantastic in Iron Man when we really got a chance to meet uh, Tony Stark before he becomes Iron Man himself. It even happens in Thor, where we see him and his friends go off and fight the Frost Giants before he becomes a decent person rather than the arrogant ass that uh, led that, that raid. And coming back to Star Wars, had we seen a movie that showed us Luke's change from being the character we knew in Return of the Jedi and we saw the events leading up to his self-imposed exile, then we could have accepted what he was like in The Last Jedi, or at least we would have been prepared for it. But it was too much of a, a shock to have him be that much of a jerk and just curmudgeonly and tossing the saber over his shoulder and and being you know totally down on everything that isn't the luke skywalker that had been developed so it is too much of a change and i understand why people didn't like that portrayal of the character so ultimately when it comes right down to star wars that is how i feel about it all around i think that they need to break free from their scope it doesn't need to be epic and i think they're doing a pretty good job of that in the mandalorian it doesn't have to be in the imperial time frame which maybe we'll get more of that in the in the future and you can explore these characters but we need to see transitions of the characters on screen and and here's something else about the uh the way that luke is portrayed in the last jedi when we meet up with Han Solo, his character in The Force Awakens is pretty much the same as he was before, which, right, wrong, or indifferent, makes it a lot harder to see that Luke has changed so dramatically where Han has hardly changed at all. So I think that that is 
how our expectations got hosed in a lot of ways. Um, and just finally, the last thing I want to talk about is the solo movie. I really had fun with the solo movie, but I understand why people didn't like it. And anybody who thought it was going to be amazing uh, were probably not paying attention to what was going on with the film. I mean, two people hashed it up as a, uh, uh, as far as Disney is concerned. So they had to hire someone else to come in and pretty much reshoot the vast majority of the film. So right there, I went into the movie with some expectations that it would just be fun, but that it probably had a lot of problems. And I mean, it does suffer from the Last Crusade, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade situation, where everything unique about Indiana Jones happens in that basic uh, adventure in Utah where he gets the scar and he gets his whip and he gets his hat and it all happens in that one little adventure everything unique about him after that you know nothing else really has a dramatic impact in this one movie in that solo he gets the Millennium Falcon he does the Kessel Run he gets his blaster he gets Chewy, uh, it, and it goes on and on and on I, I really liked Woody Harrelson in it I liked the villain in it I, I liked the movie all around but to say that it doesn't have problems is a flat-out lie. The fact that they downloaded that crazy droid into the Millennium Falcon doesn't make any sense. It's not like that was answering some burning question that people had on their minds. Even if you are thinking of the Empire Strikes Back when uh, 3PO has to speak to the Falcon. Really? I mean, just give it a speech synthesizer. That droid never shut up. But... I don't understand why they went there. Whatever. It's it, it's neither here nor there. The solo movie is mostly about fun. I think it mostly failed because people were kind of burned by The Last Jedi. And I don't think people really wanted a movie about Han Solo as a young man. I mean, I really don't. I think that if you like Firefly, you'll probably like Solo. But um, I'm not I'm not surprised that a lot of people didn't rush out and see it. Anyway... So that is my view on Star Wars. That's me ranking the nine movies, and I talked a little bit about Rogue One and Solo. I think that Star Wars is this massive universe. It's got lots and lots of potential. We could be exploring it, but unfortunately we are stuck on a, on a very narrow path, which is probably guided by investors and fear of losing money. If at some point they finally lose that fear and they experiment a little bit more we should see some high quality entertainment come out of it i'm not super confident in that because we have heard that they're going to let it cool off a little bit but beyond that we, who knows you know marvel has gone out and told us what the next 300 movies are going to be whereas star wars is like we're just going to cool off and let people relax on this for a little while I don't really think that that's what is necessary. I really think that they just need to write different stories, different setting. We're good to go. That is the Star Wars special edition podcast today. I hope you enjoyed my views on this. If you've got thoughts, if you want to contradict me or tell me I'm wrong, I'll be happy to listen to your concerns and I will happily address them in another podcast. Please feel free to comment on the podcast, send me an email write me a message. It'd be great to carry on this discussion as we do.
In any event, thank you very much for taking some time to listen to the show. I appreciate you stopping by. If you want to hear more or you want to check on our progress on other projects, please feel free to visit www.societycasefiles.com or support the project at www.ko-fi.com slash societycasefiles. Hope to see you again soon. This is Robert signing off.